Greetings and welcome to Union Street Hoops, a podcast dedicated to Valparaiso basketball and the Missouri Valley Conference. I am your host, Paul Oren, at NWI Oren on Twitter, and you can find Union Street Hoops on NWI.com and all over the internet, Google Pods, Spotify, SoundCloud, Omni Studio, Apple Pods, all over the place, wherever your podcasts are. It is the opening day of the NCAA tournament. It's the first four, but hey, quite frankly, they're all in the same spot. The tournament starts today. Uh, Normally, I kind of write off the first four, but when you put a Missouri Valley Conference team in there, I'm going to get excited. I'm going to the game later on tonight, Wichita State against Drake. Excited about that. I don't know if I get to stick around and watch Michigan State and UCLA. I hope so, but... My media credential is uh, is like a one-off thing, um, and that's what they are this year. It's a very interesting spot, unless you write for The Athletic or USA Today or Yahoo Sports or CBS Sports or anything like that. Um, quite fascinating. A whole load of storylines to get into in the NCAA tournament, which we'll get into here in a second. I do want to tell you later on in the podcast, a very special quartet of guests The Valparaiso University men's basketball class of 2025 is going to drop by Union Street Hoops. Man, did I have a lot of fun with this. You know, it was, um, I think at the the last game of the season, and I I reference this when I'm talking to the guys, last game of the season, I I tweeted out a picture of uh, of the last game, the last home game of the season. I tweeted out a picture saying, I I can't believe this is the last time I'm walking out of this arena. And uh, Darius Diavario, which is, I think, how you say his name, uh, he retweeted it and said, until next year. And uh, I think I tweeted one other thing at some point. I think Cam uh, Palessi also uh, retweeted, like, we're, you know, we're coming, we're coming for you next year, Valpo, or something like that. And I just remember, I kind of got this vibe from this group, um, just on social media a little bit, and 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 that that they're they've been a bit together a bit. They've they've been retweeting each other and stuff like that. And I just thought, you know what? I I feel like maybe this group might be one that that comes in together and sticks together kind of thing. I, you know, I have no idea. Obviously, there's 600 names in the transfer portal, so you never know what's going to happen. But one of the things I wanted to do is I, I wanted to say, hey, look, we all have Zoom. Let's all get on a Zoom and let's in, let's record it and let's do a podcast. And so I messaged all you know, three of the guys follow me on Twitter and Keandre uh, um, does not, but uh, you know I, I texted him and I just reached out to all four guys and said, hey, this was Monday, I think Monday morning I, I did this and said, hey, you guys have any interest in, in kind of getting together for a podcast? And within five minutes, I think all four of them responded absolutely let's do it let's go when should we do it anytime um now trying to coordinate a time to get four 18 year old guys together to uh to to do it was uh, was a little difficult um and then trying to conduct an interview with four different guys at one time that you've never talked to really before i mean i talked to each one of them when they committed but I, I went into this kind of blind. I had no idea if they'd actually had ever met or talked to each other before. And so I, I'm not going to reveal that right now. You can get that when we get into the interview. But I just thought, you know what, this is this has got to be a lot of fun. And, and partially I did it for selfish reasons. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll be the first to completely admit that. I think it was the middle of this past season, the first time that I think I ever talked to Connor Barrett or Jacob Ognasevic. I talked to Sheldon early in the season, 
I think right before the season, I'd interviewed him for something. I had done a podcast interview with Jacob last summer, but I never met him. I still, to this day, have not stood next to Connor Barrett or Jacob Ognosovic and actually said hello to them in person um, because of just the distance in which we had to stay away from them during the season. And quite frankly, as the season went on, it was kind of frustrating to be covering a team, realizing the guys that are out there you don't really even know. And so I, I said, I'm never doing that crap again. I want to get to know these freshmen immediately. And, and, and uh, you know, it's funny, uh, John Hammond, it's a great quote from Jurassic Park. John Hammond says, uh, I like to be here for the birth of every one of the animals on the island. It helps them to trust me more. Well, you know, I, look, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to like pull a fast one over these guys, but like, quite frankly, um, my job as a reporter is, is to capture who these guys are and tell their stories a little bit. And that only works if I get to know them a little bit. So um, very excited to, to sit down with those four later on. And uh, the interview will probably sound a little sloppy as I'm trying to bounce around different topics and, and trying to, you know, figure out how Zoom is necessarily working. We got one of the guys is driving in a car. Another guy's, uh, the internet was kind of cutting in and out a little bit. There was some lag time. But uh, I think what you'll hear is just a genuine fun interview with four guys who are, are going to be coming to Valpo and, and, and playing. Now, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that there's a lot of guys that are leaving Valpo that aren't going to be playing. And that's uh, that's a that's an interesting conversation right now. I I don't know that I want to get too much into it because I do think that uh, when all the dust settles and when the Val Valpos got their final roster, and they may very well have it right now, um, there are three open scholarships that they have because of the, the departures of uh, Siggy Larang, Daniel Saki, and Donovan Clay, but. Aaron Gordon and Zion Morgan, I believe, are coming back. Aaron Gordon has said he's coming back. Zion Morgan has not said anything publicly, but I i mean, I, I've heard that he's working out with the team and things like that. I think it's still a decision that needs to be made, but I think Zion is leaning toward yes. And, you know, there was an interview I did with Zion prior to the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament that I just never ended up publishing. And I might do that later on in a, in a couple of weeks once the season is, is over, the, the NCAA tournament is over, because I really do think, um, I really do think you, you guys should hear Zion. It's just such a fun interview. So, you know, and look, last week was crazy. A couple guys said they were transferring. A couple guys said they were coming back. I had some fun with some people on Twitter where, uh, where Sheldon, uh, Sheldon reached out and said that, uh, that he's here to stay. And so I said that he entered a quote of I'm here to stay and, and it freaked him out. He thought that I had tr tweeted out that he was transfer or he was entering the portal. Very funny. Uh, look, let me be honest with you. Sheldon Edwards is not going anywhere. This guy loves Valpo. This guy loves being here, loves working, loves the, the process and the grind. Uh, I've heard he was almost inconsolable after the loss of the Valley Tournament. Uh, he took it harder than anybody else. And I think he was probably back to work in the gym, probably before anybody else. Uh, that's just kind of what he's what he's made out of. And there's a lot of guys on the team that, that, from what I can tell, are made out of that. I don't see them very often. Um, obviously, Donovan Clay is an interesting one. You know, I wrote an article, I wrote a column saying that the pieces were in place for Valpo to, to grow old together. 
and that if Valpo wanted to take the next step, it was going to need these players. And I'm talking about the three freshmen from this past season, Barrett, Edwards, and Agnosovic, as well as Clay and Cricky. To say nothing of, you know, some of the other complimentary pieces that are out there. Good news, uh, Pagagel um, just played really well at times toward the end of the year when early in the season he just looked kind of lost. I don't know if good news is coming back or not. And normally when you talk about players, you kind of assume innocent until proven guilty in terms of transferring. Well, now with, again, 600 names in the portal, you just, you never know, right? You just, you don't know what to think. You don't know what's out there. So um, Clay putting his name in the portal, it, um, you know, it's tough. I think it's a tough loss for Valpo. I think it's a tough loss for Valpo more so when you consider the potential of what Donovan Clay thought, what we thought Donovan Clay was going to be. Look, Donovan Clay defensively is one of the best players in the conference. That he didn't make the Valley all-defensive team is a crime, in my opinion. He's an excellent player. Uh, Offensively, he was a mess. There's no question about it. Um, And part of that is... You know, you go, and Matt Lodick has said this, and, and I'm sure there's some validity to it. You go from being number five or number four on the scouting report to being number one on the scouting report, people are going to look at you a little bit different. And the shots just didn't fall. And, you know, I, it was clear to me, clear as day, that Donovan Clay should be playing inside and not venturing out in, in, in a guard position. But that's the role that he wanted. That's what he wanted. And that's... Maybe a conversation for another time. Um, you know, I, I've 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 have tried to reach out to Donovan a couple times to kind of get confirmation as to what he was thinking when he want, when he put his name in the portal and all of that. But I, I suspect you're going to see Donovan go somewhere where he can be a guard and not have to play in the post. And that's where I think he would have been ser- best served as. Now, look, I'm not a basketball coach, so I'm. I mean. Uh, my word does not mean a whole lot when it comes to that. But when you shoot 20% from the three-point line and under 40% from the field, get shots closer to the basket. And uh, and that's uh, just is, is a struggle. Another player that struggled offensively this year without any question is Daniel Sackey. And look, the Daniel Sackey, for the lack of a better term, fan club, I'm probably a full-on member of Daniel Sackey as a person. I've had some talks with Daniel about things that are not basketball-related. We've we've just um, I've seen him around, uh, you know, campus. He has got an infectious personality. It's it's just a guy you you want on your on your quote-unquote team, you know, in life. And uh, very rarely when I was there a day that I would have an interaction with Daniel Sackey where I didn't come away smiling a little bit, you know, I just, I just really liked him. Um, But, you know, I'll also tell you he was a mess offensively. And look, I I don't, I don't know what COVID did to these guys in terms of not, not only, not only like on the court execution, but just the mental aspect of it, because I can tell you that my brain is completely rewired over the last year in terms of what's important to me, what's not important to me, yada, 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 all of that, right? Like my priorities in life are completely different today than they were a year ago in terms of a lot of things. Um, One of the reasons why I probably didn't do this podcast a lot over the last year, to be honest with you, 
because there was just there was just other stuff in life that has mattered more than work and and things like that you know cherishing the the extra five minutes here and there where maybe I wasn't doing a a work thing but I was spending more time maybe on the phone with somebody or on a zoom chat with my family or something like that so I say all that to be like we ask a lot from these guys and and think they're machines and these guys were quarantined on Christmas Day sitting in a four-room jail cell basically um not seeing anybody not talking to anybody because of because they were dedicated to their craft of basketball, so they put themselves in that situation. Look, I'm not saying woe is me and all of that, but but I'm willing to cut a lot of people some slack for execution issues this college basketball season, this football season, this everything. I think it's a joke that you would fire a coach for not performing during this season. Now, a guy like Archie Miller who just was not the right fit, sure, get rid of him. But he didn't get fired because he didn't win this season. He got fired because he didn't win, period, right? Matt Lodick led Valpo, helped lead Valpo with Fizikas and Kaiser and Javon and Saki and all of that. They got to the title game last year. The momentum was pointing forward. They took a step back this year. There's no question they took a step back this year. But I'm not going to fire a guy because of taking a step back in this landscape. I just won't. I, I, there's what we've all went through in the last year, whether you believe in what's going on or not. I'm, you know what? This is a, this is a mulligan to me this season. It is a mulligan. Every one of these guys is getting an additional year of eligibility. They're all, they're all doing it. It's like, it's like it won't exist in, in some capacity or another. So, um, you know, I, I, I said this before, if, uh, if one of my favorite teams wins the national championship this year, this is a great season. If, uh, if a team that I'm not necessarily a big fan of goes ahead and wins the national championship, well, we should have never played this year to begin with, you know? Yeah, that's funny. Okay. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll break down the roster, uh, in in a week or two. Let's see what else happens. Let's see let's see what else happens. I don't have any inside info, but let's see what else happens. Let's see if any more players let's see about Zion's decision and Good News's decision. Let's see what they're going to do. Um let's see about I mean, I think Emil's coming back. I'm really interested to see kind of where he goes next as maybe the lone big on Valpo's team next year depending on kind of how you view Cricky and Agnosovic in terms of, of, of their, you know, are they five men in, in this offense? I, I think so. I mean, they basically were this year. Um, and, uh, you know, and I'll also say uh, I really enjoyed getting to know Malik over the last couple of years, and I'm very excited for Malik to be able to maybe go somewhere for his final year of college that's different than, than Northwest Indiana, spread his wings a little bit. I have no idea where he's going to go, but I am excited for that. Uh, some thoughts on the NCAA tournament. Um, tough draw for Bryce Drew with Iowa. I just think it's a really hard draw. I think what Grand Canyon does well, they're a good defensive team, from what I understand. Mitgard, I believe his name is, their big man, is one of the strengths of their team. Well, you're going up against a team that averages 84 points a game, I think, in Iowa with Garza, who is just one of the great players in college. 
And uh, I think that might not go well for Grand Canyon. But I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't say kudos to Bryce Drew for, for the third time taking a team to the postseason his first year as the head coach. Now, you can throw out the Valpo one going to the NIT because he had been on that staff. He'd recruited a lot of those guys. But to go into Vanderbilt with a completely new group of guys and take them to the NCAA tournament in the first year, and then to go to Grand Canyon his first year, take over in a pandemic and lead that team, you know, also dealing with a COVID breakdown. I think that almost everybody in that program had it at one point. And um, to come back and to really kind of dominate in their conference tournament uh, against a good New Mexico State team that has kind of been the, the, the kings of that castle for a while. Uh, kudos to Bryce Drew for, for getting that team to the big dance. I don't think it's going to go well for them. I think Iowa wins pretty easily. But I, I again, kudos to Bryce Drew for 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 not letting that 0-18 season at Vanderbilt kind of define him. And, and, you know, the shot is such a big March moment. But now this guy has taken three different teams of the NCAA tournament, and he ought to be commended for that. Where he goes, what he does next, he could be at Grand Canyon for the long haul. He could take the first flight out of Phoenix, for all I know. I, I'm not, I, I've not had any conversations with him about that. There's a handful of jobs that are opening up. DePaul is one of them. I just don't know. You know, four years ago, Bryce Drew is the hottest mid-major name out there. Could have, could have had any one of these jobs. Probably not IU, but could have had DePaul, could have had any one of these jobs. Um he struggled at Vanderbilt, and, and I, I don't think you're going to find a national reporter out there that isn't going to tell you that Bryce didn't get the short end of the stick at Vanderbilt. And and you see what's happening. That staff that he had, every one of those coaches is in the NCAA tournament. Bryce and Casey Shaw at Grand Canyon, Jake Diebler at Ohio State. They're a two-seed going against an old Valpo rival, Oral Roberts. And then you've got Roger Powell, an assistant coach at the number one overall seed in the tournament, Gonzaga. So that staff is doing great. What did Vanderbilt do? Well, they lost a bunch of their players this week to transfer. And, you know, Cleavon Brown, Maxwell Evans, Obina, and then DJ Harvey. I mean, that's like four of the best guys on the team. Obviously, they got Dylan DeSue and Scottie Pippen, two guys that Bryce Drew recruited to Vanderbilt, who were really their best players this past year, I think. Um, I'd have to, to follow my guy, Robbie Weinstein, to figure out kind of where Vanderbilt's at. Um but they're not in the NCAA tournament, that's for sure. Coming out of the West, uh, you know, it looks like uh, Gonzaga's got uh, got a pretty easy path. I think Oklahoma's missing one of their guys. I think Gonzaga gets by. Um, I mean, it doesn't even really matter. They'll they'll blow through um, uh, Oklahoma or Missouri. I think uh, Creighton could be tested against UC Santa Barbara. We don't even know if Virginia's going to show up. We're not sure what's going on there. I suspect Gonzaga and Creighton will play in the Sweet 16. Gonzaga, pretty easy win there. Uh, and then they'll probably play either Iowa or Kansas, and they're going to win that. They'll go to the Final Four. In the East, I've got LSU knocking off Michigan in the second round. I just I think Michigan, they've got some injury problems. Uh, they just feel like the number one seed that might not get out of the first weekend. So I've got LSU um, rolling uh, Michigan there. I, I like Florida State to get all the way out of this out of this region. Um, I think Michigan State, UCLA. I'm tantalized by the blue blood of both of those programs, and I think the winner of that probably gets BYU in the first round. I really like Texas's path. I think they got a good draw. I think they can beat Alabama, and then I think it's Texas and Florida State 
playing for a spot in the Final Four, and I'm going to give it to Leonard Hamilton in Florida State. Up in the South, Baylor, man, they might not get out of the first weekend either. I mean, what a terrible draw for them. You look at Gonzaga, they're going to play either Oklahoma or Missouri, which neither one of those programs really instills a lot of fear in me. Uh, Now you're going to flip over to Baylor. They're going to play the winner of North Carolina and Wisconsin. I'm probably biased on Wisconsin because I'm from there. That's my team. I, I That's the team I cheer for, and at least I enjoy watching. Uh, and then North Carolina is just filled with McDonald's All-Americans. And, and McDonald's All-Americans isn't always the best path to victory, but uh, when the chips are down, I'm going to take the talent of North Carolina and say that they're going to be able to hang with Baylor, and, and they've probably all played a lot of high-level games before. Um I think Baylor wins. I think it's an uncomfortable, uncomfortable game against North Carolina in the second round. And then, congratulations, you get the winner of Purdue and Winthrop next because I don't think – I think Villanova's toast. They don't have Gillespie. That hurts them. Winthrop is an excellent team. Feels like the 5-12 upset there. I think Purdue pulls ahead. But now Purdue, basically in their backyard, going to be playing Baylor. Um, again, I think Baylor advances – but I think Baylor has a very hard path. And then ultimately, they're going to get uh, Arkansas or Ohio State, um, maybe Texas Tech, which you know, Chris Beard, such a great coach, got some good talent there. I think any number of those teams can come out of that. Um, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if Ohio State or Arkansas somehow was able to get through this and knock off Baylor. I do have Baylor in the Final Four. But I do, again, I think it's going to be a very, very, very hard, uh, heart-palpitation-filled road for the Bears. And then in the Midwest, I, I'm, I'm in love with Loyola making a run and knocking off Illinois. I, I, I think the only thing that hurts Loyola is the fact that they are from Illinois and, and the guys at Illinois are going to be kind of annoyed by this. It'd be like different if Loyola was going to catch Michigan or Baylor by surprise. Uh, Illinois, I don't think will be caught by surprise. So, um, I mean, I think Loyola beats Georgia Tech. I think it's a, I, th- I think it's going to be a great game against Illinois. I really do think it'll be a great game. And give me Lucas Williamson guarding uh, Io from, uh, from Illinois. Crutwig against Kofi. It's going to be a great game. I really want to see it. I hope it happens. With the news that Georgia Tech's best uh, big man, ACC Player of the Year, is out, um, Loyola might have a clearer path to get out of that 8-9 game. Oklahoma State's got the best player in the tournament in Cade Cunningham, you know, the best talented NBA prospect. And and so, I mean, they're going to cause problems for whomever they play uh, Syracuse, I, I can't stand, so they probably end up beating San Diego State because Syracuse always kind of makes a run when they're not supposed to. Um, I like Houston. I like West Virginia. Obviously, they're the two and the three seeds, so that it makes sense that I would like those guys. Um, I think I have uh, I've had Houston coming out of this region in, in the bracket that I filled out. So Gonzaga, Florida State, Baylor, and Houston – with Houston and Gonzaga making it to the national championship game and Gonzaga cutting down the nets. That's kind of my uh, my thought. I'll also tell you, I did not watch a lot of high major basketball this year. I kind of have fallen in love with the metrics of Houston and, and watching them from afar, but I don't know that I've actually sat down and watched much of their games. I think they got Quentin Grimes on their team. I really like his game, good player, and uh, fascinated to see what happens. What I will hope for is that we get all 67 games in. I really hope this isn't torpedoed 
by COVID. And, and, and this is, this leads me to one other point I'll, I'll, I'll make before we bring in, we'll bring in the guys. Um, you know, Georgia Tech's got a, got one of their guys is out with a, uh, with a positive test. I think Moses Wright, or maybe it's con- contact tracing. I'm not exactly sure what it is, but there's a lot of people kind of celebrating this right now on social media. And it's like, look, I, I know we don't necessarily know what COVID is for college age student athletes. Is it dangerous? Is it not? Whatever. Um, can we not celebrate though, when we find out that your favorite team's opponent's best player is out because he's got COVID. Like I'm seeing people say, oh my God, this is great news. Oh, this is amazing. What what a great lucky break for Loyola. I, are, are we really saying it's a lucky break because someone got COVID? Like it's not that serious. And this is again, where I talk about maybe my priorities are changed a bit. And like, let's get out of this. Like, let's get, can we just get through this? Um, I'd love to. I'd love to see all of these games get played, but guys, it ain't life and death, right? It's just not. All right, um, let's bring in these four guys that are going to be newcomers to Valpo. I think. Uh, I think you're really going to enjoy this. I certainly had a blast talking to these guys. Again, the the interviews just a little, uh, little frenetic, uh, you know, in terms of you know trying to kind of force the conversation a little bit at times. Some different questions that I had, and then trying just trying to to call on them a little bit as. Uh, you know, generally with two people on a Zoom call, it says a lot of good back and forth. When you've got four people on a Zoom call, five people on a Zoom call, it's, um, you know, when you ask a question, either all four people speak at once or no one speaks for five seconds, and it's awkward. So anyways, I had a blast with this. Thanks for listening. Good luck to your brackets. Good luck. They'll be busted immediately. I know that I have St. Mary's winning the NIT, and they lost the first game, so um, my bracket's busted. And yes, I do fill out an NIT bracket and a CBI bracket and a WBI bracket, all of them. Thrilled to be joined in a very special episode of this podcast right now by the Valparaiso University class of 2025. We've got four guys here that have joined the podcast, all uh, all getting ready to come to Valpo here in a couple months. Um, there's Diavero. I'm a six-foot point guard. I'm from uh, Ottawa, Ontario, which is in Canada, but I go to school at Orangeville Prep right now. Um Looking forward to coming down to Valpo and uh, meeting all the uh, alum and players I'm going to be playing with and coaching staff. So, yeah, just looking forward to it. Hey, I'm uh, Cameron Pelesi. I'm a 6'5 guard. I, I'm out of uh, Waukesha, Wisconsin, which is right outside of Milwaukee. And I'm just excited to get down there and meet all the fans and all my new teammates. Trey Woodyard. I'm a 6'6 guard or forward. Uh, I'm from London, Ohio, which is about 30 minutes south of Columbus. I'm just ready to get to Valpo and just meet everybody. And now going down to Oklahoma for the state champion. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, I'm a 6'8 wing. My name is Keandre Young from Dell City, Oklahoma. Uh, I was ready to meet my teammates, join my guys, and get ready to work. Interesting question. Have the four of you all talked with each other at different times before, or is this an, are you guys seeing each other for the first time? Um. I've spoken to everybody since they've uh, since we all committed and stuff like that. I played against Cam probably two two summers ago, and then uh, I congratulated Trey when he committed. But I think me me and Keandre have been talking a lot. So, 
Very good. So you guys all have a little bit of a, a little bit of a connection. This talk to me, and it doesn't matter to me who goes first. This recruiting process had to have been so strange for you guys, right? Like to, to, I mean, your season's probably cut short a little bit last year. Trey, I don't even think you had a season this year, but what, how, what was it like getting recruited in this kind of pandemic age? Trey, I'm going to start with you. Just what, what was this experience like? Uh, I just feel like it was an interesting one because like kind of when you look at other people's recruiting processes, you can't really like compare. I just feel like with COVID and everything, it just kind of backed things up and just kind of just made it weird. So I kind of going to this new school and everything for me, I was hoping to like, I don't know, maybe just help it a little bit, but without having a season, it just kind of changed everything. So I just felt like it was like, I don't know, different from everybody else's. So it's hard to compare. Keandre, you had a season. Like I said, you just won a state title in Oklahoma last week. You were the last one of these four to commit. You committed in November right before your season started. How did you pop up on Valpo's radar? And and how did uh, you know how, how did your recruitment go? Uh it was crazy. Uh, especially not being able to go on any visits or anything like that, uh, with the recruiting process. Uh I think one of my AAU coaches. I think they knew a lot of Valpo coaches. I think that's how they kind of got in touch. And I think they seen my – I think we had a couple of AAU games that we finally got to play that he seen, watched me, got to watch me play. That's when they think they offered me. Cameron, you have been linked to Valpo. They've been recruiting you for a long time. Again, being myself being from Wisconsin, I pay attention to the scene up there. Um, you know, you were the first one to commit back on July 17th. Um, how did Valpo show up on your radar and what was that recruitment process like? Uh, it was a, it was a very strange recruitment process, obviously, because I, I got offered uh, by them going into my junior year. So like you said, they've been on my radar for a while. And I've been able to take like, uh, like three or four visits down there and they just like made me feel like home, everything like that. And it was just weird not being able to play because I got hurt this AAU season. So I couldn't play AAU. So it was it was also weird from that standpoint, but they always stay uh, strong and connected with me. I just really appreciate that. And Darius Valpo's had players from Canada for a long time now. Tavon Walker, Max Joseph, Daniel Sackey, Ben Cricky. Ben Cricky just named a, a second team all-conference player. Uh, now he's from the way other side of Canada. Right. But uh, was that connection important to see that other guys from Canada had come here to Valpo? Uh, yeah, that was probably one of the main factors. Uh, I met Coach Gore two summers ago when I was uh, training with the under-19 Team Canada team. So he was there recruiting some older guys. And then we kind of uh, stayed in touch since then. He's been up to our school, Orangeville, uh, prior to COVID, probably two, three times. So I've seen him. But, yeah, I haven't played a game since over a year like a scheduled game and there's no AU in Canada is very strict with the rules like goes on like that. So um yeah the recruiting process was was uh, was strange this year. No visit obviously I haven't been down to Valpo but I've heard a lot of great things. So just excited to get down there. Darius and Trey, your basketball players who haven't been able to play basketball. I mean mm -hmm. are you just are you going crazy right now? Uh yeah. Um Luckily, our, my team at Orangeville probably doing like a kind of a bubble thing. So I've been getting scrimmages in. And then also just when I go home, scrimmaging against like other pros that come home from, from Toronto and stuff like that. 
So I've been getting the scrimmaging, but having not having a regular scheduled game has been pretty tough. So I haven't played since last grind session finals, which is March 2020. As soon as as soon as they uh, shut things down, so it's been a struggle. Trey, what about you? What are you doing to keep yourself occupied? Uh, so I got hurt at the beginning of our year. So our prep school ended up having a year, but I got hurt right at the beginning. So I've been going through rehab and getting better and just lifting. And I just got cleared to start like doing some basketball stuff again. So I'm starting to work myself back and all that. Keandre, like we said, and, and, and actually we should probably address this. You go by slim. How did you get that? Talk to me about that nickname for a second. Uh, I came in really skinny my freshman year. So, uh, and I was everywhere, so it was hard to just say my name for my coach. He just always had to say my name, so he just think of something quick. So he just came with Slim. All right, all right. You got to play. You won a state title. What was that experience? And not only did you win a state title, like you, 26 points, I think, in the state title game. Yes, sir. What was that experience like to be able to lift that trophy at the end? Uh, it was crazy. It was definitely a good send-off. Yeah, good enough present for like your last high school game. Uh, it definitely is like way all players, every player dream of to go off your last game, your last year, just to get a state championships. But uh, to score on the points, it was a, uh, it was good. It was a crazy second half. Cam, you averaged. Uh, and Cam, do you go by Cameron or Cam? I should ask that. Uh, either works. I don't really. I, I actually, I, I, I was talking to Matt Loddick the other day and I said, I said, Cameron, and he looked at me, he said, who are you talking about? He's like, I only know him as Cam. <laughs> um, you averaged 30 points a game this year, uh, third in the state of Wisconsin, scoring all-time leading score at your high school. You were named the Wisconsin's top senior wing player. Uh, Tyler Hero got that award. Kevin Looney got that award. Sam Decker, um, Marcus Damask, who's at Southern Illinois. What was it like for you to be able to get back on the court and play a senior year of a high school season? Uh, it was honestly amazing because, like I said before, I had to say AAU. So I was itching for like a year to get back on the court. And for my team, we had big expectations this year. We really wanted to get another conference championship. That doesn't happen at West that often, which we were able to do. So it was just a great experience this year. And I'll miss it for sure, but I'm very excited for Belva and everything. A couple of you guys uh, retweeted me when I – like, I, I think Darius, you did this. I, I tweeted a picture of the arena, the last home game, and, and said, until next year. And I think, Darius, you retweeted that and said, you know, we're coming or something. I don't remember what it was. Did, did you guys follow Valpo this year? I mean, how much were you guys kind of paying attention to what they were doing and uh, and how excited are you to get to get going in college basketball? Uh, yeah, I watched, I watched most of their games. And then, I mean, just watching it and then – Kind of seeing the crowd, like the home games without the fans, it's kind of just weird. And I just, I think I'm just kind of excited for all of us to get into there and just experience that for full gyms. I feel like, like, correct me if I'm not wrong, I feel like they sell a lot of games. So I think for us to experience that would be like heartwarming, just bless us for real. Yeah, it is a, uh, it is an arena that when full is, uh, is a lot of fun. And when not full, it's like, it, it's empty, you know, obvi- I mean, obviously, yeah. Darius, what were you going to say? Oh, uh, yeah, I just, I'm following Valpo since they offered me. Like, I was, as soon as they offered me, I was starting to watch games from the uh, the finals lost to Bradley two years ago. So, like, I've been watching a lot of games and then, you know, seeing stuff 
Valpo's point guards are doing and kind of implementing that in my workouts. So I'm following along closely and then also just reaching out to like the coaches after each game and kind of picking the reins and seeing what they see so I can, you know, kind of provide what they need. Cam or Slim, when you guys watch Valpo games, are you paying attention to the positions that kind of you guys play and kind of seeing, you know, how you envision yourself on the floor? Oh, uh, yeah. I definitely was paying attention to all the guards and wings and seeing how they how they use them. I, I really like the, like, open motion concept and the ball screens. I really saw myself being able to play there soon. So it was, it was really nice to see. Slim, three freshmen played for Valpo this year. Uh, one of them, Sheldon Edwards, started a bunch of games. Connor Barrett started a bunch of games. Agnosovic is uh, third in the country in three-point percentage, which just shows that freshmen can play right away. How excited are you to kind of come in and, and make an impact right off the bat? Oh, uh, I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, I'm just ready to – I'm just ready to come in and to make sure I do my part as a freshman. Uh I'm definitely ready to get comfortable, work with the guys. And if I'm able to come in and make a big impact for my freshman year, I'm willing to do what it takes to help help the team. Now an important question. Trey, I was looking at your Twitter account and you retweeted EA Sports about the new college football game a couple, couple of months back. I imagine you guys are gamers, right? Just yeah. what, what, what games are you guys playing? Who do you take in NBA 2K? Uh, Trey, start with you. Obviously, you retweeted it. I imagine you're a video gamer. Yeah, I, I play Madden 2K. If I had to take a team in 2K, it would probably be the Heat. Oh, I'm a big LeBron fan, so I got to go Lakers, even though that's kind of bandwagon. You're from, you're from Wisconsin. You're supposed to be with Giannis. Come on, what are you doing? I know, but I just – LeBron's always been my favorite. He's the GOAT. Yeah, okay, okay. Darius, what about you? Uh, I don't play 2K all that often. I'm like kind of Trey. I play Madden a lot football, but if I'm going with, with 2K, I'll probably pick uh, the Lakers. I'm a big LeBron guy, like Cam said. And I'm nice. that year, so probably the Lakers. Slim, what about you? Uh, you know, I, I like to cheat, so I'm, I'll be going with the Nets. I like to get all the players on there. <laughs> Damn, this hurts. Okay, well, so you guys also mentioned Madden. Uh, Trey, I, I, you know, not really knowing the geography of Ohio, Browns, Bengals, or somebody else? I'm a Bengals fan. It's hard to say, but, I mean, hey. that way. I know. <laughs> it's bad. I'm a Bengals fan, too, bro. My favorite player is A.J. Green, who just got – like he got traded. Arizona yep. Cardinals. Yep. What about – Cam, can you at least be with me on the Packers? Uh, I mean, I'm a Cam Newton fan, so I don't really have a football team like that. Because my, my grandpa kind of ruined the Packers for me because he always yell at me during the game. So I, I grew to hate them. And Slim, you're from Oklahoma. Is that uh, – do you gravitate toward the Cowboys or not at all? Uh, no, I hate the Cowboys. Amen. Uh, Amen. Thank Titan. you. Yeah, I'm a Titans fan. Okay. Derrick Henry. Great. Great. Yeah. One, you know, I, wrote, I put down a couple questions here. One of them was uh, – LeBron or Jordan, and, and I also wrote, or Kobe, because I feel like he gets, uh, you know, I don't know if he's on the same level, but he certainly has got to be influential to guys that are, are your age, I would think. Jordan, probably not as much, but it sounds like we got a lot of LeBron fans here. Does anyone want to make the case for Michael Jordan? I'm Michael Jordan over here. 
What's that? You're, you're, you're with Jordan? Yeah, I'm with Jordan. I say, I say Jordan's a GOAT because of the whole ring standpoint. But then I just think, like, LeBron's more of a GOAT overall. Like, he can play all aspects of the game, like defense, like passing. And I think scoring's not even his best trait. You know, I think it's passing. So 18 years he's been doing this, and I don't think he's been the MVP in the league for a long time, which is kind of mind-blowing to me. Right, since the heat, I think. Trey, is it hard uh, to see LeBron leave Cleveland a couple times? Yeah, it's yeah, it wasn't great for Ohio. It was kind of the talk for a very long time when he left the first time. And then the second time was even worse. <laughs> Cam, LeBron, right? Oh, yeah, LeBron. I'm the biggest LeBron fan you'll find. All right. Um, <laughs> looking, looking at the NCAA tournament this year, I'm, I'm sure I know some of you guys have got uh, have got friends that are playing. Um, Darius, I think he's their former teammate at Oklahoma State right now. Yeah, uh, M.A. Moncrief, he's at Oklahoma State. They're starting for man. He's there. They uh, I, I wasn't sure if they were going to get in. Uh, I mean, I know they were good enough to get in, but they had some. Right. Their, but uh, Cunningham is amazing, obviously, as well. Um, right. Have you guys filled out a bracket? What 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 do you guys have? Where what what uh, Slim? We'll start with you. Who, who do you got going to the final four? I haven't really filled out a bracket yet. I haven't really filled out one. But Trey, what about you? Who do you have? Yeah, I got Gonzaga winning it all. But I got them with Illinois coming in from the other side. I got uh, Alabama. I think right. they're going to shock the world. Matt Loddick's first year as head coach, he beat Alabama and BYU in Las Vegas. His first year in the uh, in a tournament in Las Vegas knocked off both of those teams. Sadly, Valpo was not in the NCAA tournament this year. Both of those teams are, and look, and I think they're in the same uh, the same side of the bracket here. Same region, I think. Darius, who do you have? Uh, my final four, I think it's Gonzaga, Texas. Uh, Baylor and Illinois, then I have Illinois beating Gonzaga in the final. Yeah, looks like uh, Illinois has obviously got an excellent team this year. And, uh, you know, Io is one that uh, – and Kofi, those two guys are, are just excellent. Right. You know, it's interesting, though, in the second round, they're going to get Loyola, Missouri right. Valley Conference team, who a couple of years ago went to the final four. When you guys see mid-major teams, like, and, and let me actually want to ask this. Do you guys even think about the term mid-major, high-major, low-major, anything like that? Is that even on your radar? Trey, you're shaking your head no right now. Just what what do you think when you – every time we're on the tournament, they talk about mid-major teams. What do you think about that going to a team that's classified as that? I don't really see the big deal between either because, like, when it comes to tournament time, you see mid-majors beating high-majors all the time. So, I think – it's just a classification for people, but really, when it comes to basketball, it's not that big of a thing. Right. I, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. I play, you're good. You're good. Right. It's, right. It's, I think it's so I think that the word, the term mid-major is just like, you know. Darius, what, I mean, being from Canada, you know, it's, uh, I mean, it's not like you're from a whole nother planet, but um, have, have you always been watching college basketball? Uh, yeah, I've been watching college basketball for, like, ever since I can remember because my dad's a university coach down here, and he's coached, like, the national team. So he's, he's he knows a lot of uh, college coaches. So when, like, prior to COVID, 
I remember Valpo came up to play my dad's team. Yep. Or oh, Saki's first year. I think Saki yeah. hit one of the craziest buzzer beaters that I have I ever seen. Too. Yeah, I see. And then, yeah, so I've just always been into college, like play college basketball, <laughs> especially in Canada. Um, like not playing university, like Canadian university basketball and earning like a scholarship to play division one is like a big achievement for anywhere, of course, but especially for like an out of country guy, like a foreign player. So. And when you go on the, on the court, what Jersey number are you rocking? Uh, if number one there is there, hopefully number one, cause that's just what I've worn my whole life. But otherwise probably like number 11 or something like that. Let's take a look here. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, uh, at Valpo's roster. Uh, yeah, number one looks like it's going to be open. It's so, open, sir. Oh, well, there's a guy who had it for a couple of years who's entered the portal. So, uh, looks like it's open. Slim, what about you? What number? Uh, five. Five. Hey, that number's open, too, right now. Same <laughs> reason. Darius, what about you? Uh, I go for one, but if not, just like Cam, I'll go for 11. But I don't, I don't know if someone's 11. Yeah, there's a, there's a big man right now who's 11. Um, so else. Probably, you guys played each other in AAU a couple of years ago. I think whoever won that game probably gets number one, right? Cam's team. Yeah. I remember, remember we were up, but Cam's team won. We came back. Trey, what about you? What number do you wear? Three. Hey, that one is open, too. <laughs> I want to go around really quick. Um, Darius, I'll start with you. What's the number one thing you bring to the basketball court? What's your number one strength when you step on the floor? Uh, I can give you two strengths. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, leadership and IQ. I mean, being a point guard, you got to be like, like kind of like the coach on the floor, like a version of the coach. So leadership is obviously a big one. And I think I mean, I've been around basketball a lot and played with a lot of good players. So I think I bring a high level IQ, which uh, I can help my teammates get open and, you know, how smart people. Slim, when you step on the floor, what what do you bring into the court? Uh, I'll say toughness and a player that's like willing to do it all to anything you need. I'll be able to help with it. Cam, uh, I think my uh, defense because I I try to take pride in guarding the best player. Uh, Darius, I noticed that Orangeville Prep 2020 Defensive Player of the Year in your program. I just saw that on the website not too long ago, earlier today. Right. Just Trey, on the floor. I mean, you, you wear number three. Is that a sign? Uh, a little bit, but I would, I'd say for the feel, feel for the game and then just unselfishness. I just, I just feel like, like if I'm given a role, I'd do that instead of just trying to do my own. Well, guys, I really want to appreciate. I appreciate you guys taking the time to uh, to to come here. What's what's the plan? Are you guys still obviously finishing up school? Do they? Uh, do you guys know when you're when you're hitting Valpo? I know summer school starts May nineteenth or something like that. So I'm just trying to work out a date with uh, with coaches on how to get down there. Very good. Yeah, I think I think I come down July second because my school goes a little bit later down here. Very good, Trey. You guys. Uh, I was going to go early for the first session, but apparently my, I don't graduate until June 6th and they won't let me graduate early. So I'll probably be there. It's the last session. 
Uh, I think I'm the same as them, but I'm definitely. I think we went down there or agreed on the second session. Or come down yeah. second. That's typically what happens. Hey guys, I, I want to thank you again for taking the time uh, to to join. I know with Zoom, it's just kind of. Uh, I thought, hey, why not? Like, let's bring everybody together and and get a chance. I can't wait to see you guys meet you guys in person. Uh, hopefully, uh, you get these masks off and get these vaccines and all that stuff. And uh, I'll see you guys in in the summer. So, thank you guys for joining me. And uh, best of luck here as you guys close out your senior year of high school. Yes, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Reach out. All right, y'all. Video. See ya. All right.